Welcome to Life in the Pit, a podcast about the lives and adventures of instrumentalists within the wonderful world of musical theater. And now, here is your host, David Lane. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 70. It is great to be with you today. I'm, I'm really excited about today's episode. Um, and first of all, I just wanted to go ahead and say, uh, let me know if you're going to be at NAM next week. I'm going to be at my first NAM in Anaheim. For those who don't know, that is the National Association of Music Merchants. And it, basically, if you're into studio gear, uh, especially like if you own a studio or if you are a music retailer, this is the mecca for you. This is the huge place for you to go. And uh, I'll be at my first one. I was supposed to be doing something with the uh, Music Teachers National Association that ended up getting canceled, but I already had my ticket, so I'm going there. I'm looking forward to it. Um, if you're a listener of the show and you're going to be there, I know it's a huge place, uh, but um, send me a message and you know see if it's, if it's possible for us to meet. I'd love to uh, hear your story and uh, just connect with you that way. So let me know if you're going to be there. Also, if you have any friends that would would like to check out this podcast, but for whatever reason, they just say, you know, I don't listen to or I don't like Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or Amazon or YouTube or any of the other places where they can find the podcast. Um, we have just been added to Player FM and Samsung Podcasts. So, Two more options where you can find Life in the Pit each week. So uh, if you have friends that might be interested in these episodes, please please share that with them uh, It's wherever they would like to, to listen. Before I tell you all about my guest today, I just want to remind you about the Fonz website. And I've started playing around with my own account. And one of the things I find really helpful as somebody who, for example, is going to be in Anaheim next week. Um, I've got a, a conflict on the third week of June. Uh, I'm going to be around my house, but I'm not going to be able to be, I'm not going to be able to teach. And, you know, I just got done with uh, a month of doing Into the Woods where I had to reschedule a lot of lessons. Well, I love how f easy Fonz makes it to reschedule those lessons, or not even reschedule, but you could just say I'm not available. And once you've once you've done that, <laughs> this is the really cool part. It'll send out emails and texts depending on how they've set it up in advance. Eat your student notifications or reminders that there either is or is not a lesson on a certain day. I love how it can be flexible with your schedule and really how it communicates with each student so that you don't you don't even have to do that you you set up your parameters you you make it easy for them to set up their parameters and uh, fonts does the work for you and that's the whole purpose of it is to save you time and to give you the flexibility that you need as a pit musician so you can try it for two weeks for free and check it out there's a link in the show notes and there's a link on my website so uh please go check that out and see how Fonz can make your life easier if you are also a private teacher or if you do anything where you collect per service and you're in control of that rate. 
My guest today is Angela McHouston. She lives in Nashville, and she is a pit musician. She plays uh, flutes, alto flute, piccolo. But she is also a personal trainer who is dedicated to helping musicians with their, tr- with their strength training and also helping them to uh, prevent injuries. And if, if you're not sure whether or not this is important now, it probably will be because the statistics that she says that she has found is that 90% of musicians at some point in their career will face what's called an injury, whether that's just a nagging little pain or whether it's something major. And she has specific exercises for each instrumental group. And she has a lot of things that you're going to want to hear, but you're also going to want to check out all of the resources she has online afterwards, which I will put in the show notes and mention at the end. But without any further delay, here is my conversation with Angela McHouston. It's my great pleasure today to be talking to Angela McHouston. Uh, Angela, thank you for taking time to chat with me today. Absolutely. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for asking. Um, so I'm sure I will have covered this in the introduction and it'll be a little bit redundant, but it's always nice to hear from the guests themselves. Uh, where do you live and what is it that you do? Sure. So I live in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I got my degrees in musical performance. I'm a flutist, mm-hmm. but I wanted to do something a little different. I never wanted to pursue um a full-time orchestra job or teach at the university level full-time, I felt called to go in a different direction. So what I did is I ended up finding a way to marry my two passions of music and fitness together. And I found there's a real need for what I do. And we'll talk about it, I'm sure. But what I do is I'm a fitness specialist for musicians. So I specialize in uh, overcoming and preventing overuse injuries in musicians through strength training. Great. And uh, I'll go ahead and mention this off the bat, uh, just in case I make any slips later on. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and just so also so the listeners know, because I think a lot of times people just throw in the word physical th- therapist, but you're not a physical therapist. You're a, you're a personal trainer. So. Okay. Right. So where that I, I get a, I get that a lot, honestly. Right. Um, oh, so you're a physical therapist. No, no, I'm not. Physical therapists go to school for a certain it, it's a completely different thing. Right. Then again, what I do, I'm a corrective exercise specialist. And a lot of those things that I do with people overlap with physical therapy, a lot of the same, the uh, same exercises and such. But I am a personal trainer. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, those, it's important to make those distinctions. I mean, I, I had someone on one time. Uh, you know, who is a financial coach, financial advisor. And, you know, and anytime a a question of taxes came up, she's like, I am, I'm not a tax preparer. I'm not a CPA. (laughs) You need to talk to someone else about that. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So if I, if I, anything I ask, if, if it's, uh, if that's like, that's a therapist question, I, I think that's helpful to know just so that, you know, if someone has that question, they, they direct it to, an appropriate person for that. So absolutely. So every, every modality has their scope of practice, you know, what you can and cannot say and do within your scope. Right. Right. Um, What I seek to do with music strong, which is my business is to provide a holistic approach. So we have a team of people that help musicians. So if there's something that I can't do, like yesterday, we had a cellist that we were helping and I brought in the physical therapist who helped figure out 
oh, it's your bicep here where it inserts, blah, 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 blah. That's causing the problem. So when she was able to diagnose that, and she can offer things like dry needling and cryotherapy, well, not cryotherapy, she, long story, but she can offer things like dry needling and manual therapy and stuff like that. And then she looked at me and goes, yeah, you need strength and blah, blah. So you do your thing. So I can take that muscle imbalance into account now that I know what the problem is. Right. And you know, strengthen the muscles the way they need to be doing. But there's, it's, musician wellness is better as a team approach. Right. Always. Because there's no one size fits all. Right. Some people love acupuncture. Some people think it's woo-woo. Some people love, you know, some people love Cairo and massage and PT and blah, blah. And some people are like, no, I got time for this one thing, but maybe we can add in this, you know? I mean, everybody's different. And so that's that's what we really strive to do. Right. What led you... You know, just take, I guess, just taking from college, we're going to come back, we're going to talk about some of your pit experience, uh, after, yeah. you know, uh, but what kind of led you to just becoming a, a physical trainer? What, what were some of the steps along the way? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I've had four playing related injuries as a direct result of mm. being a flutist and a piccoloist. Right. And uh, my first playing related injury was, I think I was 16. I went to interlock and arts camp and I went from, uh, Anybody who's been, I went in the mid nineties. So anybody who's been in that same time period, I can't speak before or after, but knows it is intense. And at that point it was eight weeks. And I went from playing, I don't know, like two or three hours a day, you know, for fun because I have talent. And like, as a kid with talent, you just kind of skate by Yeah. and you, you apply yourself as much as you need to. And then I got to interlock and I went, Oh no, I am oh gosh, the bar is way higher. I got to apply myself. And so I went to playing two to three hours a day to eight hours a day Mm -hmm. for eight weeks. Yeah. And with no physical preparation whatsoever. And I ended up with um, some severe tendonitis in my left forearm. So I get back to, I I get back home and uh, I go see the bone and joint clinic, you know, before your, you know, your your spring physical, your fall physical before you go play sports, which I'm terrible at. That's why I pick up heavy things. They don't move. There's no hand-eye coordination (laughs) involved. (laughs) So so I see the the bone and joint doctor and he says, yeah, you've got tendonitis. You should quit playing. I'm like, I'm 16. I have auditions. Honor bands are coming up. Mm-hmm. no, not an option, Right. but you know, whatever. And he said, well, you know, we'll do we'll a physical therapy and, you know, we'll give you a shot if that doesn't work. And I'm like, I will do anything to avoid a shot at that point. I'm like, I'll, whatever. So mm-hmm. physical therapy helped. And lo and behold, you know, when the, the volume of work came down, I didn't quit, mm-hmm. but I mean, that was my first, my, my first encounter with a doctor who said, just quit playing Right. at 16, just stop. Like it's a hobby. And at that point, you know, I'm in high school. It's not a hobby, but I had just been to this elite camp that you don't go to necessarily just as a hobby. This was a serious commitment. And I already knew I wanted to do this as a, as a lifelong something. Right. So fast forward to graduate school, I've already started, I started lifting weights in the gym and I had no idea what I was doing. I just absolutely loved what I was doing. I loved lifting weights. I loved being strong and feeling like in yeah. control of my space but I didn't know what good form was. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And one day I'm doing an incline bench press mm-hmm. with dumbbells and I felt a, um, a sharp pain behind my shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. And long story short, I go to health services and they say, I need to stop playing and maybe get some massage. And I was like, I'm in school for performance. Mm-hmm. That is not an option. Like this right. is really what you give me. 
you know, they were very not helpful. They gave me some muscle relaxants, which uh, made me fall asleep in class, which when you're in a class of three people, that does not go over well. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, so this kind of scenario repeated over and over. Tendonitis, I tore a muscle in my back. I did... um, I ended up with a muscle, another muscle imbalance cramming for an audition for the president's own. This was on piccolo. Mm -hmm. So it has to do with, it's not necessarily the weight of the instrument all the time. It has to do with the posture and the imbalance you can create from overuse. And that's exactly what the doctor told me after he told me to quit playing. And I said, no, because your plan B is because I have an audition next week. Give me something else or you're fired. Actually, (laughs) give me something else and you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which he gave me a cream and then I told him he was fired. Yeah. You know, it was like, whatever. Like, but he basically said, and this was the pivotal point, this third injury. He said, what happens is you have a muscle imbalance between your chest and your back. And it's only, it's mostly on the left side because I was having trouble breathing. I couldn't put my arms down. I went from zero hours a day to four hours a day cramming on this tiny instrument. So okay. think about that posture. It's really you know, it's, 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 in, it's internal. It's very close to your body. Mm-hmm. And he said, what's happening is you have a knot in the muscle, uh, your chest muscles, and it's pulling the muscles of your back and they're so weak, they're spasming. And that's the problem. And he said, ordinarily, because the, the compensation is so severe, I'd give you a cortisone shot right in that trigger point. But the problem is that trigger point is right over your heart and it would probably kill you. Mm. I said, wow. Okay, so plan B is, well, you should stop playing. I was like, I have an audition next week. Plan C is, <laughs> like, tired of the dog. Yeah, I got this cream. Like, cool, I'll take your cream. You're fired. Right. And I just had been fed up with this, this rote, lazy answer. Yeah. And I said, okay, enough's enough. What, what resources are there? For people in my situation, am I the only one dealing with this? Surely not. And I started doing some research and looking into it. And it turns out that up to 90, 90% of musicians are going to experience something like this. That's nine out of 10. That's almost all of us at some point. Mm-hmm. And for have doctors to be so ignorant to say, we should just quit playing. Yeah. It's, no. So I decided, well, screw that. If there mm-hmm. are no resources, I will be a resource. So I decided to get into, I looked into personal training. And I thought, I wonder if that is uh, like teaching private lessons. Because I'd taught private lessons, honestly, since eighth grade, which sounds crazy. But my band right. director said, do you know more than her? Then you can teach her. So I started teaching in eighth grade. Right. You know, and I thought, it's got to be similar, right? Yeah. And it absolutely is. And I'm a teacher by heart. I love to like empower people to learn about their own bodies themselves and empower them to do whatever they want to do. So I, I got into personal training and thought, oh my gosh, this is great. So I gave a presentation at the Florida Flute Association convention on strength training for musicians to a packed room. Mm-hmm. And someone said, my arm goes numb when I play. And someone else said something else. And I was mobbed by these people. And they said, well, do you travel to give workshops? And I thought, no, but I could. Right. Strong was born. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, yeah. So I, I, I hardly know a musician that doesn't have something. I have kind of a laundry list of things that I've worked on as a keyboardist. Sure. And, I, and, and it's like I just spent a week as a conductor and I was, I was mm. like, well, I really felt it in my right arm when I was done. Because I, I, I think I figured out at some point I had conducted um, 
it was like you know forty or fifty thousand beats that week. You know, <laughs> it's my gosh, bit. conductors. Yeah, I don't know how your arms don't fall off. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> but but you know, I started thinking about things like. You know, if I get my posture right, I can let my upper arm hang down, and then I'm not putting mm-hmm. so much pressure. But, and, and you know, but I'm 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 old enough and experienced enough that I that I have to think about those things. Like I had to stop myself from raising my shoulders when I was playing the piano because neck pain. You know, and I still have neck pain that pops up every now and then. You know, like pinch nerves mm-hmm. and things. But um, mm-hmm. um, so each instrumentalist I know has their own particular things because of different angles and different habits. Is there one or two things that you say is pretty common for most musicians that you come across? Like mm-hmm. like like uh, like like drummers and flutists are there things in common? <laughs> yes. Okay. The short answer is most of the muscles on the front of the body are tight yeah. and don't cause a lot of pain. Mm. Most of the pain comes from the back of the body, which is stretched and weak. Mm. You have low back pain, pain behind the shoulder blade, pain at the back of your neck. Right. Uh, yeah, they're all on the backside. They're caused by, think about it, everything we do in life, not just playing an instrument. Nobody plays an instrument to like the rear of their bodies. Right. Nope, none that I can think of. I mean, like accordion kind of comes close as you come in and out, but like other than that, not really. Everything we do is in front of our bodies. Right. So yeah, we've got that imbalance, which is exacerbated by our daily lives. Yeah. We eat, we drive, we're on the computer, we text. Everything we do is in the front of our body. We don't do hardly anything in the back of our body, much less the sides. Right. Unless you're outside gardening and such. I mean, that's, my gosh, yard work is serious work. Don't let anybody poo-poo that. <laughs> It'll make you sore. Yep. Especially if you live where I live, where it's all clay. Right. So <laughs> don't dig a hole in the ground. It won't happen. Right. Um, but by and large, I mean, I see, and that's a generalized statement, but I mean, I see a lot of people with what's called upper crossed syndrome. So you have the head coming forward and the shoulders rounding forward. So it means your chest is tight. You get what I had when I talked about the piccolo injury, chest is tight, pain behind the shoulder blades because it's weak. Mm -hmm. Right. So we get that a lot. You get lower cross syndrome, which is where the, the, the hips tilt forward. So we get pain in the lower back because the hip flexors are tight. You're Mm -hmm. sitting on your glutes. They're not doing a lot of work to extend your hips. So we see that a lot. Um, besides, I would say the, the, the number one muscle that is tight for just about every musician I've seen. And I, let's see this week I've dealt with, uh, an audio lighting tech, yeah, uh, a bass player, a cellist, um, this is off the top of my head. All of them had tight chest muscles, yeah, weak upper back muscles, mm. all of them. Right. Um, and then the second thing that comes up is is an imbalance in the forearms, and this is something that we think about a lot. Right. Um, with the going back real quick with the chest. Yeah. A lot of that can also stem from having a weak core. So I don't mean like your six pack abs. I mean like the yes. the non sexy guys underneath the six pack. They right. tend to be kind of weak. Yeah. Which if you have pain in your low back, that can translate to a hunched posture of some sort. Except. Yeah except maybe for timpanists just right. by the nature of how they sit. But, you know, so that's, that's something I see an awful lot. But when it comes to the forearms, I see a lot of overuse in the forearms for obvious reasons. Um, and especially with guitarists. Yeah. 
I, what I see a lot of is it, it's just overuse. And when we say overuse, what we're meaning is you're placing too great of a demand on the body in a short amount of time for the body to be able to handle that demand. So if you don't ramp up your playing time in increments and you don't strengthen the muscles, because it sounds funny because they're like, oh, we just got to stretch. Well, yes and no. And then you get me down in a rabbit hole here, but right. <laughs> <laughs> you're... I see this a lot. Musicians love to say they have carpal tunnel syndrome. Right. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. I'm here to say, no, you don't. Right. Congratulations. No, you don't. <laughs> More than likely, no, you don't. Yes, there are some people who do. But by and large, the majority of time, you don't. You have symptoms that mimic that. And it mostly comes from the forearms. The, the muscles of the forearms turn to tendons. They go through the carpal tunnel, which uh, if you're looking at the underside of your hand, right at the bottom of the base of your hand, that's the carpal tunnel. There's a sheath right there. Yeah. And if the tendons are tight, they swell, right. which causes compression in that carpal tunnel, which causes numbness and tingling and pain in the hands. Hmm. And if you relax the muscles of the forearms, those symptoms can go away. And if you strengthen the muscles of the forearms, then they're not working as hard. They have the endurance that they need. So it's this beautiful balance of both of those things. But those are probably the things I see most often. Wow. Uh, and I thought of something uh, that most musicians have in common that I got a break from this past week, you know, f- serving as a conductor. And that mm. is nearly everybody sits down to play and you're sitting down for practice and you're sitting down for playing. I, I once figured out uh, that because I also compose and, I, and I'm at this computer a lot, I spend more time being awake and sitting down than I do asleep. <laughs> and it's oh, wow. and it's it, it's really really astounding it's like because uh, i th- i figured out one time because i sleep about seven hours seven seven and a half is pretty pretty good i you know eight eight is the unicorn you know i'm always in pursuit of but yeah, yeah i'm pretty consistently seven seven and a half uh, but i'm pretty consistently sitting eight eight and a half hours a day and and mm-hmm. i i make myself walk for an hour but i mean that's an hour contrasting and i'm and i'm just thinking there's probably got to be some i mean i know that i some of my physical ailments i've been told you sit down too much you got to stand up so i i assume that you see a lot of things related to that as well oh (laughs) oh yeah because think also how much do we drive right versus walk places now if you're in new york city i mean that's a whole nother ball game but for the majority of us who right. live, I know here in Nashville, nothing is walkable. Everything is half an hour from everything else. Yeah. You may or may not have a sidewalk. Uh, it may end at some point and you have no place to go. There may be a bike lane that may end at some point with no place to go. I mean, it's a really dumb system. Yeah. Like there's literally no way for me to get from my house to downtown without driving yeah. or taking an Uber. There is no mass transit, whatnot. And even if there was, I'd still be sitting on mass transit. Yep. So if you think about what we do all day long, yeah, I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. not just playing our instruments. And then if you're in rehearsal, if you're in the pit, yeah, you are sitting. You don't stand in the pit. No. <laughs> I mean, hardly, maybe if you're a bass player, but maybe. Yeah. yeah. No? So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see, I see a lot of those symptoms. And it's a lot of the same stuff I talked about with the low back pain, the neck pain, um, Maybe even thoracic outlet syndrome, which is uh, an in shoulder impingement, which is areas in the front of the shoulder, mm-hmm. which is all caused by, well, I don't want to say all caused by, but largely caused right. by coming forward, you know, getting compression in that shoulder area, which, you know, when you sit, yeah, it's very easy for us to, well, let's put it this way. When you're walking around an amusement park, 
How much more difficult is that than sitting in a chair? They both have their levels of difficulty. Right. But why are you sore from sitting in a chair for eight hours? Because you didn't move. What hurts? Probably what hurts is on the backside of your body. Right. What hurts when you're walking in an amusement park? Probably your hips. Yeah. Besides your feet, right? Because there are things that haven't had to work as hard to hold you upright. And so when we get tired, we tend to slouch and Mm -hmm. we tend to come forward. It's all that coming forward business, right? Right. And so... Yeah, exacerbating that plus playing an instrument that is in the front of your body for how many hours? And if you're not aware of your body, right. you have these. Um, I just put out a thing in my email list yesterday on a body awareness exercise that I learned when I was at Florida State um, about how to increase your body awareness because so many of us don't quit playing because we don't. What? Well, I don't quit playing. We don't stop pain before it starts because when we feel a twinge, it's too late because we're not aware of our bodies and what's happening. Right. Before that happens, a lot of times the pain signal has to be so strong before we actually feel it because we're so focused on our fingers and our face and the music and, you know, that that whole area that when something is loud enough Mm -hmm. physically for it to take our attention, it's kind of severe at that point. Um, So where I was going with that, actually, is you mentioned something about how you had to play where you had to let your arms hang while you were conducting, right? Right. Yeah. Have you ever had any Alexander Technique lessons? Uh, I don't think so, at least not by name. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, body mapping and Alexander Technique both go really well together with what I do. And it's, it's basically about creating greater ease in your body and releasing excess tension so that you can play with the proper amount of tension, but not excess and using your body well. And that translates really well to what we do in the gym. Because if I tell somebody to do a squat, yeah. Oh my gosh. It is the, (laughs) it can be the ugliest thing you can imagine. Toes come up, knees wobble in. Yeah. People want to fall over. And it's just the most unnatural thing. You tell a two-year-old to pick something off the ground. They squat all the way to the ground with no problem whatsoever. Right. Yeah. How do we lose that as we get older? Mm-hmm. Those body mechanics are there. It's a learned pattern from all the sitting that we're doing, yeah. right? So plus plus the posture of playing the instrument, right? It's all abnormal. It's not a bad thing. It's just not an intuitive normal thing. It's a learned behavior pattern. Yeah. So a learned movement pattern. So what you said about letting your arms hang yeah. is a really nice way of letting, I tell my, my, my students, let your arms hang from the flute. You're not pushing the flute up. You're letting your arms hang from the flute. Right. When you go do a squat, you're not just keeping your weight on your heels. You're sticking your rear end out. It's not about your knees coming forward. Right. I had an 80 year old client who was so frustrated at her back pain, but I looked at her and I said, you've been sitting in a chair one way for 50 years. Right. We're not going to fix this in a week. Right. <laughs> it yep. took us, I want to say like two months. Yeah. But by the end of it, like she was able to sit down and get up pain-free and it incorporates just the movement aspect incorporated aspects of Alexander technique, which teaches you to use your hips as mm. a hinge joint, because that's what they are. You hinge like a door opening like this. Yeah. But so many times we use our lower back to do everything and we're, we're not cognizant of it because we, we don't see ourselves. There's yeah. not somebody pointing that out to us. Right. So, right. Yeah, I see a lot of that. Yeah. I, I know for myself, I've had lower back pain 
and, and I hate to even call it pain because it's not like it hurts, but there's a stiffness that I've had. And I know a lot of it's uh-huh. related to all the sitting that I've done. And I've, I've had physical therapy. I've done chiropractor. I've done a lot of things. And what I found is that if I do a good core workout, I've had some people I've followed, um, it's, it's a temporary fix. And if I keep, yeah. and if I don't let more than like two days go by, uh, you know, it, it stays manageable. And, and actually at times I don't even notice it, but as soon as I, um, you know, let three or four days or more go by between workouts, it's, it's back again. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, yeah. it, and, and, and the problem is, is because I might stop working out for a few days, but I don't stop sitting <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so it, it, it's one of those things if, if you're going to have the, if the problem's going to be chronic sound, you've got to have a solution that's chronic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a, you have an, First of all, I'll just go ahead and say, you know, at the end, we'll we'll say where people can find you. But uh, you have a lot of just content, you know, on social media for that. I think is very helpful. You have a series going and I don't know if I got all of them, but I thought they'd be great to discuss. It's uh, called Mistakes Musicians Make. And so uh, I'll just I'll just say these and you can just elaborate on on them, how you know, however much you want to. But um, the first one that I noticed is ignoring pain. So uh, I guess there's not, I <laughs> yes. guess I don't know if there's anything to elaborate on that. <laughs> That's mistakes well, musicians make, ignoring pain, but yeah. We do because we yeah. just push through. The gig comes first, right? Right. No, it doesn't. Yeah. We come first. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and how many people went <laughs> at that statement, right? right? No, we are a slave to the music so many times, right? Yeah. And that, this is this is a bigger, broader problem because as musicians, we're taught you'll always be broke. Mm-hmm. You have to work for the experience. Be grateful for your hundred dollars. I mean, it's it's insane. Yeah. Right. Right. You don't tell that to elite athletes. And why are we not considered elite athletes? Because we don't chase a ball. Mm-hmm. We perform and we hold same postures just because we're not doing something ballistically doesn't mean we're not athletes we hold the same postures for hours a day times decades mm-hmm. most athletes do that for a decade if they're lucky mm-hmm. i mean you know we are asking incredible things of our bodies but we're told no you have to do it for the art you'll always be broke blah 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 and it's 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 it, it's way more than just we yeah. ignore pain because we're ignorant there's a whole underlying thing behind that and it just yeah. <laughs> that really grinds my gears you know it's oh, like yeah. <laughs> I can't, I hate that because it's so not true. Right. It's so not true. And, you know, I think if we were back in the Baroque period or, you know, another period of time, they would have looked at us like we're crazy. Like, why don't you have a patron? Why aren't you making millions of dollars? Like Michelangelo was not a starving artist. He was incredibly wealthy. Yeah. What? Huh? What? You know, I mean, it's just, it's this weird mindset that we have. So what we think going back to the simplistic part of that so we yeah. don't you know spend all day on it is that we just have to get through the gig yeah yeah but then there's another gig and then there's another gig and we always have to keep taking the gigs mm-hmm. well yeah bless you want to keep taking the gigs you want to make money you want to play music right but if you don't put yourself first and you don't pay attention to what's going on and you ignore that pain that pain's there for a reason a pain is a signal right, right. it's trying to say hey something's wrong 
Like if a light bulb is off in your house, well, you can only ignore that for so long until all the light bulbs die and you have no light. Right. Same kind of deal. Right. right. So when you, instead of ignoring that pain, if you take care of it and prioritize yourself, you catch it early. It's like cancer. You catch it early. You can do something about it. You don't want to be at the end of your career and people are like, well, this is chronic. You have to quit playing. I know too many high level musicians who have given up their careers yeah. because they ignored pain, but it was mostly because they didn't know what to do about it. Right. And that's not okay. either. That's a whole nother thing. Like in the system, why is this not being taught? in music schools, in private lessons. Why are you not taught about your body? Why are you not taught how you move? Why are you not told how to keep your body strong? Right. And, I mean, we're just like, well, I'll get some Alexander lessons. I mean, it's super vague. Or maybe you should just stretch. Stretch what? Yeah. You know? You know, that that brings up a memory. You know, uh, I, it, I didn't go to a quote-unquote conservatory for undergrad. I went to a, a general college you know, that had our university that had a music degree and mm -hmm. we had to take general courses and we had to have two PE credits. Well, likewise, you know, uh, I, I, me and my friends were all like, what's easy, huh? Archery, maybe golf. Um, yeah, I did, actually took weight training cause I was, you know, in, into that, uh, for, you know, first semester, but it wasn't, that you should actually do this because it'll help you as a musician. It's just, you gotta, it's like, you know, your, your science or your math, you know, you gotta, you gotta get that credit. Uh, yeah. but I, it, it's just kind of like business, you know, this is something that I think more and more music schools are coming around on. We need to teach business as an important part of your curriculum, but it sounds oh, gosh, like, yes. sounds like physical fitness though, it might even be even more behind in terms of just like, this is something you need to know as part of your craft. This statistic of 90% of musicians will experience playing related pain or injury during the course of their musical career has been around for decades. Yeah. That means nothing is being done about it. Yeah. Why is that okay? Right. Why is that accepted? It, 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 it means the problem is there. We have acknowledged it. And now we go, oh, it's a problem. Okay. There's a meteor hurling towards earth. If you guys <laughs> saw the, the recent movie that came out. Oh, okay. Whatever. Yep. Doesn't make the problem go away. Ignoring pain doesn't make the problem go away. Yeah. You can't just hope, right? So um, I work for Trevecca University. I'm adjunct uh, flute professor there. And actually the dean of that music department um, has, I'm going to say it wrong. So I'll just say he has something to do with the accreditation. He's, he's the guy in charge of accrediting music schools. Yeah. And in the NASM accreditation requirements, you have to show how you're keeping musicians healthy. Yeah. And so I've, I've talked to him recently, like, this has to be more than just you have to give them a piece of paper. Yeah. You have to show that you can't just say you should wear musician earplugs and here's a link to Amazon. You need to give your musicians some resources. Don't just say, go see a doctor. Well, which doctor? Maybe get a massage. Well, just stretch. Stretch what? Let me tell you this. That is my biggest pet peeve of like people saying, just stretch. A lot of people stretch what hurts. Yeah. And if we just talked about what hurts on the backside of your body, it's mad. It's mm -hmm. weak. It's yeah. crying out in pain because it's tight. So if you just squeeze your shoulder blades back together, doesn't that feel mm -hmm. amazing? Because yeah. we don't do it. And that's probably where something hurts. Yeah. Please don't stretch it. Right. So like we just, there's no excuse for us to just keep continuing in ignorance. Yeah. There's, there's no excuse. Yeah. It's not novel. It's, it's not avant-garde. This is, 
there's studies done. Yeah. So we will talk about that all day if you let me. So we'll go <laughs> um, Well, you know, I think the next two that she said mistakes mus- musicians make kind of, it, it falls right into that. So one of them is no days off. And I was just thinking, um, you know, this is something I never thought about it for a physical reason. But many years ago, I stopped teaching my piano students to practice seven days a week. But I did it for a psychological reason. It's just, to me, if you practice, if you tell someone to practice seven days a week, you're basically never giving, you're giving them this continuous cycle never taking time off, never never giving themselves permission to take time off. Mm-hmm. So I say if you can do six days a week, understanding might only do five, <laughs> you know, if you shoot for that, um, that is good. And that is like way more than the vast majority of most musicians who are seeking to become a professional. So, um, sure. but it sounds like physically we need to take some time off from our instruments. Yeah, I mean, when I was in college and undergraduate, I had my teachers say, well, you should be practicing four hours a day. And I went, "Yeah, why? Right. <laughs> he didn't have a good answer, honestly. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you just should. I was like, that's, I'm not following, the, you just should. Yeah. They told me I should just probably have my gallbladder taken out. And I went, I'm not getting an internal organ removed on a probably. You yeah. got to give me more than that. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's an arbitrary number. Yeah. Who came up with that? Right. That has to do with quantity over quality, and it should be the other way around. Yeah. There, we discount mental practice. We think, oh, woo-woo. No, no, no. Remember, we've heard these stories of, of POWs. Um, well, at least I've heard the story of a, a POW, and I don't know if this was John McCain or somebody else, and I'm probably getting my stories mixed up, but there was a POW who wanted to, like, you know, he was he was in a, in a camp, and to keep himself from going crazy, he had to visualize something, right? Because otherwise you're sitting in this cell, just nothing to do, nothing to see, and thinking about what's terrible. And what you think on, you create more of. So if you think about how terrible it is, it just keeps being terrible. So if you think about golf, he loved golf. Mm-hmm. He wanted, he's like, I'm going to increase my golf game while I've been here. He imagined a hole in one and he just kept envisioning it, envisioning it. But he got out of that camp, played the best golf game of his life, hole in one, hole yeah. in one, hole in one, right? Right. We we think about that and like you you have we've all got these stories of when we envision something amazing happening and it happened. It's not a freak thing. Our the power of visualization is pretty powerful. And that can also apply to practice. When we tell students just go listen to music and we don't tell them what to listen for or why, mm-hmm. it's just wasting time. Right. Well, that falls into practice, but not really because I wasn't putting my hands on my instrument. No, it does. You know, it's just so frustrating. It's like all of these things, they can go towards you becoming a better musician, which is the point. It doesn't matter how many times a day you practice. It doesn't matter how many hours a day, how many hours a week, how many hours a year you practice. What matters is that you're accomplishing what you want to accomplish and how you do that. It looks different for everybody. Right. So can we get rid of the arbitrary numbers? They were probably created in the fifties when things was life was different anyway, Right. or the thirties or the twenties or whatever. And I, I know that, uh, you know, from talking to musicians who sit in, you know, on Broadway, they, um, they, you know, they do eight shows a week, but they are, they are encouraged for, for career reasons and for, you know, for a few other reasons to only do about 50% of those, like 50, 60%, and then let subs come in. Part of it is, you know, when the show closes, you're out of a job. 
<laughs> unless you've kept other fires burning. And, yeah. you know, so it's a way of keeping the system going. But it occurs Brilliant. to me that, you know, you should also take that time off just to do something different, you know, not just sitting down playing the same music, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. If you tell a kid to quit practicing for 10 minutes and then they just get on their phone yeah. and they're texting in a hunched position. Right. What are we accomplishing? Yep. Um, and then I, I really like this one. I think we could probably use a little bit of elaboration. You said rest isn't rehab. Um, and you also have parentheses who to see. So uh, I was curious what you meant by that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So all of these mistakes that we're talking about are part of a program that I have called Job Security for Musicians. It's mm -hmm. it's a 90-day program. I actually condensed it down to a two-day uh, event that's going to be happening July 9th and 10th. Okay. But it's a 90-day program, and these it these mistakes are the things that musicians make, and I'm going to I teach people how to get out of that. So in right. the program, I teach you who to see. Right. So let me elaborate. When a doctor tells you to just quit playing or you need to rest, mm -hmm. rest does not fix an injury. If something hurts and you rest it, we think it will go away. How many times have we done that and the pain doesn't come back immediately, but then it comes back or it comes back worse? Yeah. That's because rest is not rehab. It didn't fix the underlying problem. Right. It's like trying to fix a disease by only treating the symptom. Mm -hmm. Doesn't It doesn't cure the disease, right? So getting to the underlying root of the problem, why are you hurting? Right. Rest will stop you hurting. If, if you just say, well, if it hurts, don't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but this is my job. So I have to do this. So yeah. what can I do? Rest won't fix it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by that. And so if you have, when it says who to see, because if you just tell somebody who hurts, like you're, you're well-meaning and your bandmate is like, man, my... XYZ hurts and you're like, well, just rest. Mm -hmm. Well, they can't because they got another show that night and other they're going on tour and blah, blah, blah. Well, that won't help. Generally, actually, rest only helps acute injuries. So things that happen quickly, chronic stuff, it doesn't help. Right. Um, it can actually make it worse depending on the problem. Mm. Same with stretching. So it's the exact opposite of what we think. Right. So if you want to be somebody who really helps your bandmate, you would say, well, you need to go see this type of doctor. Yeah, because you can you can find out like, well, what do I see? Well, go see a doctor. Well, which one? Right. An orthopedic, an urgent care, an ER. Oh, gosh, nobody wants to go to the ER. They'll sit there for hours and they'll be like, you're fine. You know, well, who do you see? I mean, there's so many different types. Well, you should get acupuncture. Well, should I? Well, yeah. what about massage? Well, what about orthopedics? Well, what about podiatry? Well, what about there's so many options. We yeah. go over that in the in the course. Like there's this whole thing. But it's not a, like I said before, it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. And it's it's rest. I, I I love my fellow musicians for wanting to take care of our fellow musicians. Like we all want to play music. We all want what's best for each other. But we're so ignorant. We don't know what to say. So we're like, well, you should rest and you should ice. No, you shouldn't. Do yeah. not ice your problem unless it happened quickly. Yeah. If it's an acute injury, ice it. If not, you might be hindering the problem. Yeah. You might be hindering healing. Do not ice without understanding what's going on it's right. exactly the opposite right right so even the the rest ice elevation the uh, rice remember the the yeah. protocol we learned yeah. from? that's outdated they're they're saying right. that's not good anymore so please don't say that so it's right that's what i mean by that so rest won't fix your problem you have to be proactive in finding out what the issue is right uh 
you know, just hearing you, hearing you talk, I, I realize, and I've thought this before, it seems like there are more armchair experts on rehab and recovery out there than just about anything I know. It's like if you go on Facebook and you mention anything, everybody's coming out of the word work, do this, do that. And <laughs> I'm sure you... That happened to me this morning. Oh, wow. Somebody, Yeah, somebody tagged me and said, hey, Angela could help you. And it was this person who's like, I hope you're seeing a doctor. Yeah, well, which one? Oh, go see an acupuncturist. I mean, like, these are little things. Like, mm-hmm. great, acupuncture works amazing for some people, but not for everybody. And also, she was just wanting to, to modify her playing setup, mm-hmm. which, great. So I sent her videos of alternative head joints that I had actually done. She's like, I don't see, I don't think there's been a video done on these alternative head joints that aren't straight. And I was like, I got three. Here you go. I tell you all about the pros and cons. Here they are. And here's the presentation we did on those things. Yes, they are available. It's just, you know, it's slow getting that stuff out, but everybody just wants to go, Oh me, I know the answer. And a lot of times we don't. Right. And and, we mean well. And you know, and, and it may be that the person who says that, had a problem and that solution worked for them, but not everyone has the same problem and not everyone, everyone responds the same way. So it's exactly uh, it. Um, I think one more on this category that I'll address, uh, cause I think this will really, uh, hit home with a lot of people is mistakes musicians make not having a pre-performance routine. And mm-hmm. I just raised my hand guilty. <laughs> I don't think I have a routine, but but it's really made me think I should probably develop one. Um, what? Well, I mean, this would be getting into some instrument specifics. So maybe we could. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll just pick a random one here. We uh, obviously I'm a keyboardist. We've talked about that. Um, we've we've talked about some some obviously flute, uh, but maybe, I don't know, uh, guitarist, what's something that they might do for mm. a, uh, pre-show routine, like some things. Sure. So you've heard that, you know, you don't want to stretch things before you use them. And that mm-hmm. there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into that. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do. And again, I, I had, I help you identify all of these issues in that program. I talked about the job security program, right? But if you know which muscles tend to be overactive for you, mm-hmm. you can get them to calm down before you play. Then you activate the ones that are weak. Yeah. And then you go play. And then say you played a three hour set and you have these tools in your tool bag that when you have a break, mm-hmm. you know, that 10 minute break at the hour and a half mark, that's supposed to help you out. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have some things that can, that, that can help you plug along until you get the end. And mm-hmm. then you can really stretch and relax the overactive to, to keep things mitigated and calm down. So we'll say for, um, because I don't want to get into too many specifics. Um, if you go to my YouTube channel there, I have a, an instrument specific workout for every instrument except banjo, accordion, and steel guitar. And I'm thinking, oh, and, uh, uh, instrument technicians, I'm working on that. Right. So, but if you have a good, if you're a guitarist, an oboe player, uh, a timpanist, harp player, whatever. That workout, it's about 10 minutes long. It's on my YouTube channel. You can check it out. Okay. So thinking about the guitarists that I've helped recently, these things may or may not help you, but by and large, I would check them out. You need a lacrosse ball and you're going to take that and you're going to press that into your chest muscles looking for whatever is tight. Mm-hmm. Okay. We want to relax that. Uh, depending on your posture, you might have some muscles in your neck that are tight. So you might tend to be looking down a lot. You might tend to be hunching your shoulder. This is the thing. 
now that I think about it, it's really hard to, to say that because depending on how you play your guitar, if you, are you classical? Right. Or are you electric? Do you yeah. play it low? Do you play it high? How mm-hmm. do you sit? Do you stand? So it's hard to be really general about that. But um, if you take note of, think about your upper traps. If you shrug, those yeah. are your upper traps, and you press in there, and you tend to notice, do you have pain on one side? Yeah. Okay. That's probably the side we should check first. Right. So more than likely, your upper traps are going to be tight. So you can do a, a stretch to the side, and all of these are on the uh, on the YouTube channel. So upper trap stretch, a chest stretch. You can do something called a prone T, which I say is like the Brazilian Jesus. So if you right. do this right, you know the, the statue of Jesus in Brazil that's standing on the on the hill, the yeah. Christ the Redeemer. So when you do this exercise correctly, and your arms are out straight, you should look like. You should look like Jesus. Right. So look like Jesus when you do this exercise. (laughs) (laughs) But you you hinge from your hips and you squeeze your arms out. So you're pulling your shoulder blades together. It's amazing how heavy your arms are. You don't need equipment. In fact, I wrote an entire book about the musician's essential exercises because during COVID, we had no equipment. Everybody was sold out. So I wrote this and there's a touring but I'm showing this in the in the video. Oh, but that's what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the back, it, yeah. 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 So I've I've got exercises and programs in the back that you can actually do. And it's it's it would take a little too long to explain here. Right. But like, you know, you want to relax what's tight, so probably your chest and your upper traps. You want to strengthen what's weak. Do some external rotations with a band, maybe some prone T's and Y's if you don't have a band, wall slides, all those kinds of things. They're all on my YouTube channel. And they're in the they're in the book, which I'm going to be recording the actual workouts in the back of the book. I'm going to be recording those, and they're going to go on my YouTube channel as well. Okay. So, uh, if you actually go on my channel, there's something called my favorite back. It's a short. It's my favorite backstage workout routine. Right. So that those are the things that I do before I go play that will help me be able to just prepare for playing the instrument. For I don't know. I'm a flutist, so I'll play for like three hours right. in a rehearsal. And uh, I can't just do that out of nowhere or I'm going to be hurting, which is how I got the fourth injury. So Right. I know that was kind of a politician's <laughs> answer, but it's, I understand. it's a little yeah. specific. That's fine. Um, I did solicit uh, some user questions, and I feel like just going to check out your YouTube page, you know, will answer, answer most of them. But this was one uh, sounded pretty specific. So this is from a keyboardist. And he says, depending on the score, I will sometimes get repetitive strain from accompanying and and I wear my right hand out. And of course, by that time, by the time that happens, we're we're at the run and I have no time to rest. Um, any thoughts on this would be most welcome. My my current show has a lot of repetitive eighth notes and sixteenth notes, so I'm already concerned. So just kind of avoiding wearing the right hand out. Uh, I don't know if that's a technique thing or for some exercises that can go before that to help honestly that sounds like a little more of an ergonomics technique thing um so funny enough somebody texted me this other day and i've had several clients trained under her as um barbara lister sink yeah that was probably me (laughs) oh that was you that was you yeah i I was just watching her and what she said about how you move the hand and such i'm like that's brilliant and she incorporates a lot of alexander technique type things in that yeah. letting your arms hang not putting excess motion in the fingers yeah um that doesn't sound like a muscular issue of well it does it sounds like you're overtaxing possibly overtaxing muscles in a way that you could probably do with more ease and fluidity without trying too hard yeah it's just it's more of a for example let me think here 
if you let your arms hang from the shoulder mm-hmm. and you let the, if you think let, let is the key word. Yeah. So finding what is going on with the fingers and you let the notes come through your fingers. You let that bubble underneath your fingers go. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a great pianist. So, right. um, but ergonomically, I think it's, it's what it is. It sounds like there's too much excess motion, not right. motion, but a little excess there. So I would think the word let I'd look mm-hmm. up her video specifically. The one I think the one you sent me was fabulous. Mm-hmm. And she really addressed like the flying arms and such. So if your hands are really tight, yeah, can you think of moving from the elbow right. instead of the hands and think, where's the first joint of your, your fingers, the first joint of your finger, this is body mapping. But if you trace your, your, one of your fingers, you trace it all the way down, you feel that bone, you trace it all the way down to about the middle of your hand, you'll feel this big mass of bones Yeah, right where that connects. That's the first joint of your finger. That finger moves from that joint, not way up here at the knuckle, but way down here. Suddenly your fingers feel a lot longer and fluid. Yeah. That might be all you need. Nice. Uh, uh, and so sure. that is um, just, just for the benefit of the listeners, that's, it's called, uh, the the person is Barbara Lister Sink. She's actually a local colleague, and her video series is called um, "Freeing the Caged Bird." And if you were to find all the videos and put them in order, it's like a two and a half hour video. But there are some components on YouTube. I think yeah, that would be very helpful for any keyboardist to definitely check that out. Um, I definitely, while we're talking about physical fitness, um, I, I noticed when I was just looking up information about you before we had our interview. I saw that you had a very bad injury earlier this year and just thought, you know, if you'd like to share about that and just maybe what what you've done to help recovery. <laughs> sure. So my injury this year was not actually flute related. Right. I've had two flute injuries, a piccolo and an alto flute injury. So <laughs> this was actually bicycle related. Right. And uh, January 1st, I mocked the weather and got lambasted for it. (laughs) So so I basically said, it's supposed to rain. It's not. And five minutes later, it rained on me, cats and dogs. And I got, you know, I'm stuck on a skinny road bike tire or tire road bike. Um, And I thought, well, what do I do? I can either turn around and walk or I can whatever. So I decided to, you know, tough it out. Turned out the, the route was fine. And when I came back, there was standing water. I went over a bridge, turned a corner too fast. And I guess the bike went right and I went left. I don't know. Cause it knocked me out. The bike went through my right thumb and broke right. it. The, dislocated the left thumb, broke my left elbow, knocked me out at road oh. rash all over my face. You can see me on my YouTube channel with those gross injuries. If you really want to, because <laughs> right. I was like, the show must go on <laughs> yeah. two days later, I'm on camera, just whatever. Right. So what I, what I really did for that. I mean, besides, you know, rest is really important. Um, and I will say TBI, a traumatic brain injury, Um, when you have a concussion, there's invisible injuries. Yeah. This is something that, um, this is something that musicians deal a lot with when it comes to nerve issues and other things. Um, don't be afraid to advocate for yourself that you need time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, with brain stuff, it, it can give in a whole different light, but it's okay to say, no, I can't do that right now. No, I can't handle that right now. No, ask me later. I need time. Um, the brain needs time to heal. The bones need time to heal just because you look okay. Just because I'm not doing anything doesn't mean my left thumb isn't dislocated. There aren't pins in my right thumb. Uh, my brain has not completely healed from the concussion, Mm -hmm. right? So it's okay to advocate for yourself and take that 
rest and understand like away from the computer, away from screen time, away from stimulation and people or whatever it is you need. Right. Um, also to recover, what I did is I took, <laughs> I took a ton of antioxidants, mm-hmm. which I know this sounds woo woo, but look at my face. Yep. I'm normal. Right. Yep. I had right. this huge gash. And I thought I was going to lose an eyeball. I look fine. Um, I took a ton of antioxidants. I drank a lot of bone broth, mm-hmm. a lot of bone broth. Right. Um, I drank uh, chaga mushroom shots, antioxidants, like 1600 milligrams with uh, the chaga mm-hmm. mushroom shots, which I think are amazing. And I've can vouch for those on my hundred mile bike rides. They just, you feel amazing. They just clear out, like they feel like they clear out the junk in your body and help your body heal. Right. So I did a lot of that besides drinking water. And like that, that was basically it. I took a lot of vitamin D. I took some vitamin C. I took a lot of vitamin D and my multivitamin, my cod liver oil, antioxidants out the wazoo and the bone broth. And within two weeks, I looked mostly normal, Wow. which from the outside. So, Hopefully it's, it's sped up the healing on the inside, but right. That's it. Right. Um, well definitely, um, I guess before we just leave this side, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say where people can follow you on, you know, after this, but I wanted to mention, cause I don't think I said already, you do have a podcast, right? Um, I do. It's called the tuned and strong podcast. Right. Right. You can get that wherever you get podcasts. It's also on my website, so you can download it there. Okay, good. And it's on YouTube if you would like to watch us. <laughs> right, right. I, I just uh, I, I just uh, saw that, uh, that we're going to have to end soon in just a moment. Um, you know, we, we didn't really talk about, <laughs> and, and I'm bad about this sometimes, I, I get into such an interesting subject, I sometimes forget to, you know, just ask about pit experience. Um, but let's just talk just for a minute. You know, you, you did... Um, I think was a Florida state opera orchestra and you've also done some oh, yeah. other theater stuff. Do you still Tons. play in the pit? You know, any chance I get, I absolutely adore pit work. I love it. I did five seasons of uh, Florida state opera orchestra, love opera orchestra. Any right. chance I get, please call me. I love it. It's right. so much fun. Um, I did a, a bunch of seasons at the Cumberland County playhouse and, you know, just freelancing here and there. But uh, yeah, any chance I get, I, I I play. Are you strictly flute books, or do you double at all other reads? Or you know, I know this isn't popular, but no, I don't double. I, I play yeah. flute, piccolo, alto flute, but I have zero interest in learning clarinet, saxophone, whatnot. Yeah. And I really wish the. I know this limits me, but right. I get really irritated that I'm expected to know these other instruments right. when I don't care. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There are I mean, still... why, why, sh- why should trumpet players be expected to play tuba? Right. Why? No, you have your, I get it from a pit standpoint, but no, yeah. I don't, it, you know, and if I really wanted to, I would, but yeah. I just don't want to learn. There are still plenty of books out there just for, in fact, Into the Woods is one of them. You only have to play f- uh, flute and piccolo for, to play read one in that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm a read one player for sure. For nice. sure. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let's make sure that we say where can people follow you on social media and Absolutely. and and also like in YouTube. Where can people find out more about what you're doing? Sure. So you can find me on all the socials. Um, if you're on Facebook, it's at Music Strong. You can also find me Angela McHouston. If you want to follow my personal profile, I post things there as well. Um, I have a group called I Am Music Strong. If you'd like to join us, we're all musicians who are really interested in musician wellness and fitness and health-related things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
On Instagram, which is where I'm most active, is at Music Strong Fitness. You can follow me on Twitter at Flute Angel with a J. Yep. Uh, Twitter is, An- I'm sorry, that's Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn is Angela.McHouston. I think that's all the social media. Okay. TikTok is also probably Music Strong Fitness, I think. Right. <laughs> I just joined, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and, uh, and also just, you know, just send me a message, uh, of like, you know, with links for your book and so forth. And I'll, I'll add that onto the show notes. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. This is very important information that, you know, that we just don't talk about. And I don't think musicians really think that it needs to be talked about until they experience pain. So thank you for chatting with me about this today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, you can find my book on Amazon, on my website, uh, anywhere. And if anybody has any plane-related pain or injury questions, please feel free to reach out to me at Angela at MusicStrong.com. Uh, and if you're interested in getting more information and you don't necessarily want to interact with anybody, right. that's fine. <laughs> you can sign up for my uh, email uh, in my email list and I'll send you my top five exercises for musicians for free. And your instrument specific workout for free. So I'll include all of that. And thank you again for having me. I really enjoyed it. And that wraps up episode 70. I I hope this conversation has inspired you to uh, keep pursuing or maybe even get started with some strength training. I I know we all get busy as freelance musicians and think I, I don't have time for that one thing, but but you, this is important. You need to make time for this because um, it's not just for your health. It's for your career. You want a long career. And, um, you know, good physical health that is conducive to your instrument is certainly part of that. Um, so you'll find a lot of the things we talked about in the show notes. So definitely be sure to check that out and go follow Angela. She is posting all the time. Great content I think you'll find. Very helpful. As a reminder, if you want to follow what's coming up next, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Life in the Pit Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at David Lane Music or on Twitter or Facebook at David M. Lane Music. As always, a special thanks to Mark Perolo for his cover art and to Bill Cisna for providing the introduction to this podcast. The theme music is composed and performed by David Lane. You can find out more about the podcast, leave feedback, or leave a donation at Life in the Pit Pod. Please rate and review on wherever you get your podcasts and please share with your friends. Thank you for listening.